0: Next week, you will want to be here out of anything. I mean, Matt is a very exciting preacher, but next week is going to be really exciting because Pastor Luis, some of you have referred to him as, or some of you have heard him referred to as Monkey. That's what he goes by. Everybody in his church calls him Pastor Monkey, so you can call him whatever you want, but his name is Pastor Luis. Call him Monkey or Luis, I guess. Um, He's going to be here, and we are going to be able to hand him a check for uh, his building to buy that. He doesn't know. He knows we've been raising money, but he doesn't know that we have raised that money. But I would love to be able to give him a big, fat check to say, renovate it, and when us come down and help him. But... Once they buy the building, that's just the beginning because they don't have the money to do anything. They do things on a shoestring budget, uh, but um, they still need some money. So I hope that uh, you'll be here next week because it'll be uh, very exciting. Um, <clears throat> when we look at trying to have uh, mission speakers, there's always a couple things that are a big hit. Um, one of them is somebody that has a really tragic story or they're working with an orphanage in some faraway place. Um, That is always a big hit for a missions uh, conference, but we don't have that. But I have the second best thing. The second best thing is if you can find somebody with either an English or an Irish accent, it is a big hit. So, straight from Ireland... This morning, we have one of the missionaries that we support. So we support a lot of missionaries, and this next year, you're going to see a lot more visibility of that. But we support uh, Alan and Rosemary Armstrong, and so we are going to go ahead, and you may come up. So give him a big hand, okay, all the way from Ireland. So you need to make sure that you really lay that Irish accent on
1: thick. To be sure. Okay. Okay. Good morning, Victory Life. Morning. Would you please put up your hand if you need a translator? <laughs> it's great to be with you and to cut right to the chase as we say. We were introduced to your lovely fellowship a number of years ago when Pastor Marlin was ministering here. We visited when Pastor Cindy was here and now we're here again. So, with Pastor Matthew, so bless you for your uh, work, and we pray, brothers and sisters, we pray for you every Sunday, okay? Uh, We don't come personally every Sunday, but we pray for you every Sunday. Presently, you may know that there's a a project starting in Ireland to build a tunnel under the Atlantic Ocean, okay? Okay? And one Irish guy is going to start at one side, and the other Irish guy is going to start on your side, and they're going to dig a tunnel right the way through. And they were asked, well, what happens if you miss? Well, then you get two tunnels. <laughs> I'm going to take you to a place very briefly, and then we're going to come and just uh, have a look at the Word of God. Uh, I'm, I'm originally actually from England, and I hope you forgive me for that. My wife is from Ireland. We've known the Lord for uh, a few years of our lives. We served with a wonderful mission called European Christian Mission, who you also support. But God laid upon our heart the country of Ireland and the, and the, the county of Donegal. Donegal is right up there on the left-hand corner, as you see in, in green. Thank you for that map this morning, by the way. Technical folk know it, uh, advice, advance notice given. And I want to tell you, and I want you to just come with me, because you may be surprised at what you're going to hear. But after serving with European Christian Mission for 37 years, God laid upon our heart this county of Donegal. Now, your first question is well, surely, Alan, uh, there's a lot, a lot of Christians. In Donegal, and in Ireland, surely, it's a Christian country. Check it out on the web. There's a a website called Operation World. Wonderful resource for knowing what God is doing around the world. You'll find that there's less than half a percent of the population that know the Lord Jesus Christ in Ireland today. Less than half of one percent. Their figure's not mine. And right up in northwest Donegal, we have a traditional, listen to me, a traditional Catholicism. What does that mean? Well, their parents have been Catholic, and their grandparents have been Catholic, and so on and so on. Now, does that mean that Catholics don't know the Lord Jesus as Savior or cannot know the Lord Jesus as Savior? I say to you that I've met Catholics who know the Lord Jesus as Savior. And perhaps you know some too. But I want you to come with me to Donegal because there it is very traditional. And it's very dark. And we've been there sincerely for working full-time now for over 10 years since we left European Christian Mission. We had, we looked around for another another mission to go with because God was calling us to Donegal. And you know what? There isn't one. Nothing. Zero. So we had to form another mission called Vision Island. And Victory Life, you're very privileged to have the full staff (laughs) with you this morning, my wife, Rosemary, (laughs) and myself. We've made ourselves accountable to a board. We want to do that. We want to do things properly. But we're the only two. Well, they say, Alan, surely uh, those folk who are Catholic, they know the Lord Jesus. Brothers and sisters, they don't. I've talked to many, many hundreds of people in that area. And I talk to them about the Lord and they've got religion, but they've not got relationship. They've no hope and yet they're trying so hard. Do you know some of them climb mountains in bare feet in a hope that they will get to heaven quicker? Really? They're serious. Rosemary has friends, ladies mostly, I say in this case, case, they go to to church, to Mass every day of their lives, hoping. Rosemary has a particular friend called Josephine who went and admitted to us that she'd been to Mass every day for 39 years of her life and didn't realize that God was interested in her. It is totally dark. No other mission society working there. No other missionaries working there. Is this a surprise to you? 60 miles. Help me. Where, where can I go 60 miles south of here? Where would that take me uh, 60 miles south? Anybody? Shout out. Uh, would it take me to Dover? Dover? Dover. How did I know that? Right. Okay. <laughs> we have 60 miles before we come to the next church and no believers in between nothing we visited over 4000 homes and there're 16000 homes in the area but it's scattered it's rural it's it's farming we ask them hi hey have you got a bible we are encouraging you to read the bible we want you to know the lord jesus personally only four homes if you get this four homes in 4000 homes had a Bible. You see, the Catholics weren't allowed to read the Bible until Vatican II. I know it's hard to believe. These folk are so wonderfully sincere, so incredibly involved in their church life, so amazingly kind and good. If you visited their home, and which we do, you're often invited in for a cup of tea. And they make you at home. They're Irish. They're welcome on the mat. And yet they have no relationship with Jesus at all. They don't know. They're hoping. They're just working for salvation. And so God has taken us there, brothers and sisters. And for the last number of years, you've supported us there. And we want to say thank the Lord and thank you. We do believe that we're going to die there. We're there for the long term. We've even had to purchase out of the county, uh, sorry, out of the area that we're in, a grave because it's all Roman Catholic country and I couldn't be buried there as a Protestant. I'm serious. And they don't have cremation either. So, Pastor, I'd either have to convert to a Catholic on my deathbed Or find somewhere else, and we found somewhere else. Our hearts are burdened for this pe- people. We're joining groups. We, we Rosemary quilts a little bit. And because she's a quilter, she can go into about 70 or 80 homes now and can talk to them about the Lord Jesus. I can talk to some of the men uh, about the Lord Jesus because I'm one or two of the committees. And slowly but surely... We're building bricks to be to the place where we see the global warming in Ireland. Okay? Will you pray that we might see some global warming in Ireland? We really want to see it. One final thing before we come to the Word of God. By the way, uh, there's some uh, prayer card and and a little bit of literature on on the table at the back there. Nobody but nobody gets out of this church without one of these t- this morning. We have ways. <laughs> please, please take us. Put it in your Bible. You don't have to pray for us every day. Here's the deal. When uh, My name is Alan. When there's an A in the day, you can pray. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I guess that's the whole week, isn't it? As the Lord reminds you, please pray. Put it in your Bible. Just pray for us. Pioneer evangelism. We're trying to be as creative as we can. We can take teams in, who can do work in English for us because it's not only English speaking, it's also Irish speaking as well. But we can, we can work in English. We, we've, we, we do so many different things. We can have gospel concerts. They love country gospel in Ireland. It's like stepping back. But we're building and we're sowing. And sometimes, brothers and sisters, we sow in tears. One of our largest needs is for some co-workers. We're the only ones doing anything. And that sounds awfully proud. Please take it as a humble heart. Nobody else there? Please pray for some co-workers for us. Would you do that? As the Lord reminds you. And pray for that harvest that's coming. We've had some real encouragement Uh, this summer. We attended a a, a fair, a music fair. Um, It's called Mary from Dunlou. It's it's a music fair. It's nothing to do with Virgin Mary. It's music. It's actually a beauty contest fair. I've stopped going in for it now. Uh, (laughs) But uh, we had 200 requests for the word of God at this fair this year, and we had a little team helping us. And maybe you could be part of something of that as, as the Lord would lead in the future. You can work in English in a pioneer area where no gospel has been preached. Finally, in our area, 17 miles away from where we were born, where we, sorry, where uh, we work, was born a man called Columba. I'm going to give a long history lesson, but we're going back now about 400, 500 after the year of Christ, after the fall of Rome. Most of Christianity in Europe was gone. And Columba was born 17 years, uh, 17 miles from where we live. And he wrote down the Scriptures, and he got some disciples. And what was left of the Christianity in Europe was was almost finished. And if he didn't do what he did, you wouldn't be here today. Now, why do I say that? What did he do? He wrote down the Scriptures. He got some disciples. They went first of all to Scotland, which is only a a short distance away. And then they walked, bringing the gospel back to Europe. And they walked to the Ukraine And they walked to the southern heel of Italy, bringing back the gospel. And that's why your church is here. Because if that gospel hadn't been brought back, it wouldn't have been brought to America. So guess what, folks? Victory Life has a direct relationship with Donegal, where we're living for the glory of God. Check it out. It's a wonderful story. They're called the Peregrini. You won't remember that, but I'll, I'll say it to you anyway. The Peregrini, they were travelers for Christ. And here we are on Global Impact Sunday. And I just want to turn you very quickly, if you have a Bible with you, to, to the book of Genesis and chapter 3. The book of Genesis, chapter 3. We're here to do business with God this morning. It's no accident that you're here. It's no accident that we're in this presence. It's no accident that God has put on the heart of the leadership of this church, the passion for mission. And so very, very briefly this morning, and it will be brief, I promise you, but stay with me. I've got two questions that God asks for us to consider. Two questions that God asks. The first is in... Chapter 3, there are a lot of questions asked in the Bible. The first question ever asked was by Satan. And that comes at the beginning of chapter 3 when he said, uh, uh, Has God said that you shall not eat of the fruit? That was the first question. But we know that God had in his heart to have fellowship with men and women. And that's why we're involved in the gospel. He created us uh, so that we might enjoy his presence. We might enjoy his fellowship. We might enjoy his blessing. We might enjoy communion with him. God created us to enjoy him. But we know that things went wrong. And because of the disobedience, that fellowship was broken. You know the story so well, so that uh, God had told them not to uh, eat of the fruit. And I want you to take you to uh, verse uh, verse 9, over there. And the Lord called to Adam, and here's the first question, in this Global Impact Sunday, where are you? Why does it affect Global Impact Sunday? Because it's God wanting to have fellowship with us. It's God wanting to enjoy us. It's God wanting to bless us. It's God wanting to use us. It's God wanting to to equip us. Where are you? We don't get the tone of the call of the words in Genesis 3, but I believe that it was a heart that was breaking because God had intended to give so much. And we're here to do that business with God that we've already referred to in Global Impact Sunday. And I want you to go away with the thought that God wants to give you so much more. And that's why he asks you where you are. Did God not know where Adam was? Of course he did. Then why did he ask the question? Because Adam needed to realize where he was. Where are you this morning? Do you know the Lord at all as your Savior? There was once a time that I didn't. Is that where you are? Wandering, wandering concerned, curious, where are you? Has God been speaking to you through the ministry of of Victory Life and perhaps in some other ways too, and you've never responded to say, Lord, I'm not where I should be. I realize that that relationship has been broken, the sin in my life, and I need, you as my saviour is that where you are or perhaps you trusted the lord a number of weeks or months or years ago the years go by don't they and sometimes we tend to grow a little bit blasé a little bit cool a little bit well let some other people do it the passion for god Where are you? May I be utterly honest with you? Where are the tears for the lost? Where are they? I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you, brothers and sisters. Just God's asking the question. Where am I? God asked so that Adam might realize just exactly where he was. Global Impact Sunday. He wants you to realize, he wants you to ask that question, where am I? Am I where I should be? Am I what I used to be? Or has some of that gone? Has sin come into my life? You know, one time, I'd failed God for the umpteenth time. And I walked by the sea, and I wondered whether God could forgive me yet again for failure. I want to tell you something. God is so anxious to bless you that he specializes in failures. He really does. And I walked by the sea, and I suddenly realized, and I suddenly thought, you know, there's more forgiveness with God than drops of water in that sea and I was looking across to America. By the way, where are your next-door neighbors? Okay, we're really just across the pond there, but there's an awful lot of water. (laughs) But there's more forgiveness with God for you in your life, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, whatever your commitment, there's more forgiveness than drops of water in that ocean. Where are you? God says this morning. says it to me too. Where are you? Second question. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 3. And verse uh, 13, I think we've got. Yeah, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. What have you done? Now, I believe, maybe I've got my theology a little bit wrong, but you can can fix me up afterwards. But I believe that when I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm His forever. And I believe, too, that one day at the end of time, we read that there's going to be a reckoning, a judgment. And there will be judgment for those who have never trusted Christ, And and there will be also a a judgment for those who have trusted Christ. I can take you to uh, to the book of Revelation for that, but the time is is whizzing on. And, you know, I can just imagine, I try to imagine myself coming to the Lord Jesus, and I see him seated high and lifted up in my mind's eye, and and I see the angels and the, the archangels and... And, hey, listen, let's, let's turn to, um, let's, go, let's go to Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9. After this, listen to this, this is God's word, not Alan Armstrong. And after this I looked, uh, before me there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe and people and language, hallelujah, for global impact. Standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, And they were wearing white robes and were were holding palms, branches in their hand, and they cried with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing round the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and the Lamb saying, amen, praise and glory. Wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and forever. And one of the elders asked me another of these questions, but this time it was an elder, not God. Who are these in white robes and where did they come from? And I answered, sir, you know. And they said that these are they that have come out of the tribulation and washed their robes and made them white. In the blood of the Lamb, therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sits upon the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Brothers and sisters, Global Impact Sunday means that this age closes in victory. And the Lord will have His way. No matter what the politicians choose. God says, where are you? And when we come before Jesus as those that have trusted Him, for that word from Him, I think the question will be, what have you done? You've taken it out. Bring it back, if you would. Thank you. Bless you. What have you done? Now, brothers and sisters, I want to be really honest. I've, I've messed up in my life several times, quite a few times. But God's forgiven me. And what am I going to say when I stand before the lovely Lord Jesus? I won't be judged for my sin anymore. That's been dealt with. Praise the Lord. But we will be judged for our service. So when he says to me, what have you done? What am I going to say? Surely, this is a time of commitment for us to realize the the value of, of our lives and to realize the importance of our service. To recommit again. Because I want to hear from Jesus those words, Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Is that what you want? Say yes. Yes. Bless you. So if you mean that, Global Impact Sunday is a time when we do business. And we do business with God who involves us in mission around the world. There's a place for you There's a place for me. And when we stand before the Lord Jesus with his beautiful music we've heard this morning and many other songs, and we sing these songs, what have you done? We'll not be ashamed. because he says, well done. Pastor, why don't you lead us in a moment of...
2: Would you bow your heads with me? There are no words that I have today that are better than the words of the Lord. I just invite you to pray in this moment and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Where are you? What have you done? the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today as I trust that he is. And you would like to join me in prayer to reassert that he is Lord of our lives and that we are his servants to be found by him and to do his work. I'm just going to invite you before I pray to take a posture of servanthood I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to specific folks today. And what I mean by posture of servanthood, I I just invite you right in this moment before I pray to either turn your palms towards heaven, just hold them out in front of you as if to receive, or perhaps there's even a few folks in here today who would be so bold as to kneel right where they're at before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, you're speaking to my heart. And I want to reaffirm with my body in this moment that you are the Lord and I am your servant and wherever you lead, I will follow. Whatever you ask, I will obey. And I'm not trying to do this in a spirit of religiosity today, but if there is anybody in this place who the Lord is making your heart pound because he says today is the day to submit to me you can kneel before him you can kneel before him one other call today before we pray if there is anybody in this place who would say pastor matt i heard what pastor allen had to say and i know where i'm at i'm not close to god i'm separated from my creator And I've heard the entire theme of today. I've heard that Jesus is my Savior. And that God loves me. And that he wants a relationship with me. And I have been around church and I've heard these things. But today is the day I need to take my stand. And accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm done running from God. If that's you today, I invite you to take the boldest step of anything that I've asked anyone in this room. And I would like you, no, every head bowed and every eye closed, to stand right where you're at and say, Today is the day that I commit to serving Jesus with the rest of my life. If God is knocking on your heart's door today, answer him. It'll be the best decision that you've ever made in your entire life. In your entire life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray first for those today who you are saying, come to me. Come to me. Don't do life on your own any longer. Come to me. I pray, Lord, that today in this place they would make a commitment to come to you, to serve you the rest of their days. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I pray today that there would be people in this place who put their lives back into the hands of the master craftsman. I pray that today for those who have their palms outstretched and who are kneeling in this place. I pray over them today. Lord, would you affirm your love for them right now, But because before they could take one more step with you, they need to know that they are loved by the Lord. I pray, Lord, that there would be no spirit of condemnation in this place, but only a spirit that says, you are mine. Now go where I tell you. Lord, I pray that you would remind us in this place that we are your servants before anything else in this world. The greatest call that we can have is to serve the Lord who created us. God, I pray that when you ask the question, where are you, we would say, right here with you, Lord. And when you ask the question, what have you done, we would answer, we've done what you've asked. Lord, I pray your spirit would imbue us with the power to do the things that you're calling us to do in this place. God, we thank you for the sweet message that we've heard today. We thank you today for the gentle conviction of the Holy Spirit that allows us to change and become more of the people who we were designed to be. God, we thank you for this precious time that we've had together hearing your word. And we pray, Lord, that each one of us would make the global impact that you're calling us to make. We ask all these things today in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ. You're kneeling. You can return to your seats this morning. Thank you, Pastor Allen, for bringing such a timely message to us this morning. Would you stand with us as we dismiss today? I just encourage you to greet Allen and Rosemary as they are standing in the lobby today. Talk to them about Donegal. Talk to them about what they're doing. Pick up a prayer card today and, and put that in your Bible. Continue to support and bless our missionaries. And we will see you right back here next Sunday as we continue to bless the Lord as he blesses us. Will you pray with me as as we dismiss? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence in this place. Lord, it's incredible all the things that you've spoken and all the things that you've done. Just in this short time, we pray, Lord, that we would go from this place today with a heart. A heart that is soft. Ears that are open. Eyes that can see what you would have us do in this world as we commit to being your servants. Bless us now as we go, and use us mightily for the kingdom of God and the wonderful, powerful, beautiful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you.